Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. The Gospel of the Lord. So I thought for today's sermon I would take us all on a, on a trip to the farm. I know when you woke up this morning, the first thing that came to your mind is, boy, I hope we talk about sheep today at church. And I can tell you, I spent quite a bit of time researching sheep and shepherding, probably more time than anyone ever should, unless they're going to do that as a career. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about sheep. In fact, in California, the second largest sheep producing state. In the United States, there's about 610,000 head of sheep and bodies too, I presume. And uh, we, my family, we're big sheep supporters because along with a russet potato variety, there is also a sheep breed named after, well, not named after my wife, but with the same name as my wife, Targi, from the Grand Targi Mountains. So and these, this breed of sheep is particularly charming and wonderful and a good manager and all kinds of wonderful things. So we're sheep supporters. And I feel like we've got to be sheep supporters because sheep, especially in light of today's passages, sheep always get a bad rap in the church and in general. The sheep council hasn't been doing its, its work. Sheep are always thought of as stupid animals. And part of that's because a sheep will, if there's a a large flock of sheep, a sheep that jumps off a cliff, the rest will follow because sheep are followers. You could take a stick and have one sheep jump over it, and then you could take the stick away and the next sheep will still jump. They do what the sheep in front of them does. And we're followers too, so, you know, if we're God's sheep, we don't want to think of ourselves as stupid enough to jump off a cliff, but I think we make some dumb equal decisions in our lives, and we actually, unless, unlike the sheep who are hardwired, we actually have a brain to think about it, and we still make our dumb decisions. But sheep are amazing communal animals because they, uh, they are naturally in packs, and they rely on seeing around four or five other sheep to be comfortable, to not freak out. In fact, their eyes are even so far apart that they have this amazing peripheral vision so they can see other sheep around them. They'll panic if they're not around other sheep. 
And uh, it's been a, there's a study where sheep can actually recognize up to 50 sheep faces for two years. And women sheep, female sheep, they can actually, they'll actually have a discerning taste between the faces of different rams on which ones are attractive and which are not. And I think some, you know, some rams are pretty good looking, but I wouldn't know. <laughs> so sheep are amazing in the way they've been drawn together, the way that they, they rely on each other. Whereas if you have cattle, you hear of cattle driving, cattle need to be herded places from behind. They need to be pushed, driven, and sheep follow. Sheep are followers. But the reason we think of sheep as stupid is because, because they're not independent thinkers. Because they can't make that wise decision not to jump off the cliff like the one in front of them. In fact, their whole bonding together is their way of staving off those predators that attack the pack. That's how they protect themselves. Whereas when we're attacked to each their own, I'm running. (laughs) But it's funny, the emphasis we put on independence as being something brilliant and smart. We're taught from an early age that you should, you know, forge your own life, create your destiny, you know, work hard, you can get what you want, fill your pockets with jingling coins and piles of green paper. That we're, we're told to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. It's all about me, 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 me. Even in the psalm today, Psalm 23, the most wonderful psalm, everyone knows it. People who don't go to church know it. A psalm of comfort. Even in this psalm, sometimes we focus more on the me. He leads me beside still waters. He provides a banquet table for me. This psalm is a psalm of comfort. And certainly that is powerful, that this God of the cosmos, this God of all, ruler of everything across space and time, would have that focus for just little old me, to take that time. And that's certainly what sets God apart from other gods. That's what is so unique about this God. But Psalm 23 is not about me. It's not about us. It's not about the sheep. It's about the shepherd. It's about the one who does this, who is this gracious host, who's willing to bring people to this table. And I don't know if any of you ever tried to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. It's not, I, I wore my boots today, but you can try real hard and you'll look like an idiot doing it. <laughs> Why do we try to be so independent? Why do we always try to be on our own to not rely on others? Why is that a form of weakness for us as a community? I think the main reason we try to be so independent is because the way we look at God We're trying to be like God. And the God we imagine is a God who is all-powerful, all-knowing. A God that can do whatever God wants to do. And so in our lives, we try to become that God. We try to become powerful. We try to become all-knowing, masters of our own destiny. That's independence. But if we listen to the voice of the shepherd, the good shepherd, the model shepherd, 
in this passage, we realize that the God we are always trying to be is not the God that God has shown us. It's a different kind of God. It's a God that has all that power, but gives it all up, gives up immortality, becomes frail, becomes human, even goes to a cross and dies. Why don't we try to become that God more often? A God that relies on forming a community around him. At the beginning of Mark, you'll remember Jesus saying, the kingdom is near, the kingdom is at hand. And what does that look like? He gathered disciples around him. He creates this church, we, us, the body of Christ. And in the early church, independence was not, people didn't understand the whole idea of individualism. They didn't, nobody could think that way. There was no concept of an id, ego, superego. People were defined by the communities they were in. And so in this passage, in the scripture today, Jesus is offering us this image of being with the one true shepherd, of being a part of a community that is the greatest community, only because it is a community that is not about self-preservation, but about self-sacrifice for the sake of others. There are two types of sheep farms. And about 17% of sheep farms are the sustainable small sheep farms, pasturing. But most are these large sheep-producing facilities where sheep are packed together. There's barriers all around them so they can't move around. They're fed dry foods, dry feed, hay mixed with other things. And they are made to stand and lie in their own manure because it's so packed in. They get sick. They have to be given antibiotics. It's an unhealthy environment. Whereas these small, sustainable sheep farms, sheep are able to move around and eat green grass, eat fresh plants. They have that freedom to move around, and the, the earth benefits actually benefits from, you know, what they leave behind because it's not too much. And it just rotates. There's always something new to eat. And the funny thing about sheep is if a sheep is eating something dry, some dry food, and sees some grass on the other side of the fence, a sheep will try to get that grass because they want that fresh green grass. As a church... For many, many years, people have been seeing that grass on the other side of the fence and jumping ship in a way, leaving the church, finding other places to find life. Because often what we have done with what we have of this good news is process it so much that it becomes this dry feed that we want the the world to eat. That we want people to eat our food so we try to, you know, make it in a way that's easily presentable. And just like those large-scale farms, instead of offering green grass, we just create bigger barriers 
larger fences that keep people in. If you're not saved, you'll be damned forever. You must obey this, follow this doctrine. We offer judgment to keep people in line. And I'm not saying there shouldn't be fences. There are certainly moral guidelines that we find in Scripture. But the way it's been used as a church is a way of keeping people in. Instead of, as any sustainable sheep farm would do, offer some green grass that people would want to eat. We believe, as a church, that what Jesus offers, what we hear about in the psalm, leading us beside the still waters of baptism, setting this banquet table for us, that this is the richest food that people could want. That this is where people come and should want to feel that love and grace of God. That there would be no other greener food. No other pasture is great. But the only way for us to proclaim that in a way that will draw people in is to really get out of the way in some ways. Our whole lives should be about being sheep, following God to the extent that people want to see where that flock is going and jump on board. And where that will end up is at this table and in this community forged around Christ. And that is certainly good news. Amen.